I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two Average Girls. Happy Tag Tuesday. Happy Tag Tuesday. How are you? I'm kind of tired. Tired, but feeling better? I feel better. I haven't felt sick for a long time. Mm -hmm. I still sound raspy, and Mm -hmm. I want to just say sexy. Let's just go with that so that it makes me feel like I'm not. It's still uncomfortable because I go places and people think I've got the COVID. Or they think I have something wrong with me, and I don't. At this point, the second first week in January... Everybody has COVID. <laughs> Not me. I haven't had it yet. <laughs> Let's knock. I'm knocking. We're going to knock. But um, have you noticed that though? How yes. so many people Every are just people. dropping Everybody like, has it. And yeah. vaccinated, unvaccinated, yeah. fully boostered. I mean, it right. don't matter. The Omicron is not distinguishing between you vaccinated and the non-vaccinated. It's not distinguishing between Democrats and Republicans? No. Isn't that weird? It's crazy. Yes, it is yeah. crazy. crazy. But I am a little tired because I, well, first of all, we're doing this at night. And so we've all put in a full day. And on top of that, I didn't sleep good last night. Um, And I woke up with a headache. And so for some reason, I I don't know what it was, but I took some medicine in the morning like Sudafed and the normal stuff. And I had a Diet Coke because I was super tired. And then my entire day consisted of eating chocolate and drinking Diet Coke. Oh. It's... Not great. It's a perfect Wednesday. It was a good Wednesday, <laughs> I have to say, but it it left me a little bit like mm. I, I hit the I hit a yeah wall because yeah. I didn't eat very good today. Right. So here I am. So we'll see how this goes. We're gonna have a great show. We're gonna have a great show. How about you? No, good. It was all good. Everything was good today, and I you was... got a mammogram. <laughs> Thank you. I did get a mammogram, and um, how first, does that work for you? Well, please, ladies, <laughs> and and men. Please go get your mammogram. I was I was talking about about this too. I a, haven't had a mammogram. I know what? we've already talked about this when we did our other show. Oh, that's right. Oh, I just remembered that I'm so mad at you right now. I know. I have another friend who said, "Oh, I haven't gotten one in three years because I of COVID either. or whatever." I haven't either. People, I know. I'm going make to. your appointment. I'm going to. So, several things about getting a mammogram. A, whoever invented the the mammogram screening machine was a man. Clearly. Yes, for sure. Who hates women. Yes. And so thank you for that. The other thing is um, all of our, all of the people, the workforce right now, I don't want to say is an unskilled workforce because that's not true. It's an untrained workforce. Oh, because you think that they didn't, do you think that like nurses or the trained workforce quit or they are sick? Could be either. Uh, yes. I yeah. mean, yeah. both either. I don't know, but I think we're. B team. Oh, I wish it was the B team. Ooh. I think it's more more C team. And Ooh. I go to a very bougie hospital that has a breast care center or whatever. It's very um, next level. And I get in to the the place where the mammogram machine is. And we're just talking. Me and the tech are talking and just making small talk. And she asked me how my Christmas was. And I gave her my standard answer. It was great. Very chill. How about yours? And then the tears started flowing. From On you? Her- no. On her part. What did happen? She had to put her pet boxer down 
oh who had stomach cancer and was suffering terribly <laughs> i know all of this because she cried and told me the story and i i was like it's no. bad enough i'm getting a mammogram now i'm dealing with your emotional meltdown i'm sorry i don't mean to seem unsympathetic but it's, i thought you were going to be the one that was crying when you said that we were by the end we were both crying I mean, <laughs> when you ask somebody, let, let's just be real. Mm. Most of the time when you ask somebody how you're doing. It's rhetorical. It's really rhetorical. It's rhetorical. We don't really want to know. I don't think and so. And you really don't want to tell anybody. I no. mean, how many times does someone go, how are you doing? And you've had a crappy day. You just and you say, say, it's all good. It's good. I'm great. Living the dream. <laughs> if someone said it to me like that, I would know there's a problem. I say that all the time. <laughs> living the dream. Living was the just dream. the most deadpan living the dream. Uh, I felt really bad. And then, of course, you feel obligated to, to, to be supportive. And I'm like, this is Can we focus horrible. on me and my boobs right I don't want to focus on any of it. I just want to get out of here. And the longer I have to talk to you about your... I'm sorry that the dog died. The dog was only five years old. Oh, that's so sad. So it is sad. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't... Poor thing. At least she was at work. I mean... Yeah. I mean, literally. We've talked about this. People go back to work. Now it's like... We just went out for dinner tonight, and I was so grateful that there was actually people. There was people eating there too. There? We got there early, early bird special because I hadn't eaten food all day. So at five o'clock, my husband and I are like, I said, I got to eat because all I've had is chocolate and diet coke all day. I'm gonna gnaw my arm off. I got to go somewhere. Yes. So we went out for dinner and had a delicious meal, and we sat outside, and they have the heaters out there, and there was a lot of people there, and there was workers. So I was really grateful, and I told yeah. them, "Thank you for working." There was enough service staff yes. to keep the whole thing absolutely. Moving. I mean, there was only like eight tables outside that were filled, so it wasn't like yeah. it's not a huge establishment, and right. but it worked, and you know, it, we're all just trying to get through this. I feel little small bits of improvement here and there, but then every once in a while you're slapped in the face, reminded that, that these are not the, the top echelon. The other thing was I forgot my prescription. You have to bring your prescription oh, yes. to get the mammogram with you, and I had left it at home. I called my husband, who happened to be, was just walking out the door, and I said, run in, I know right where it's at, and take a picture of it for Good. me, which he did. Not thinking that that would be a big deal. When no. I got to the check-in desk, I'm like, hey, forgot it at home. She goes, uh. Oh, no. I mean, like, she kind of had, like, a little moment. And I said, but I have a picture. Is that okay? And she's like, are you serious? You have a picture of it? I said, my husband just sent it to me, whatever. And she's like, oh, my gosh, yes, give it to me immediately. She grabs my phone. I email it to her personal email address. I mean, she was all over it. And I said, well, it's never been a problem before because, trust, I have forgotten the <laughs> prescription more than once. And she's like, we can't get the doctor's offices to answer the phone because they're so low-staffed. Which I have experienced. Yes, true. I have experienced that. True. I had to drive down. Because they have to confirm. But I'm just thinking, who goes in there without a prescription? Because you don't even want to go there to begin with. You're only going there because your general practitioner or your gynecologist is, is like you. saying, hey, Denise, you haven't gone. We're yeah. not going to see you again until we're not going to. I mean, this is what they do to me. They won't the, give me my insur- hormone medicine <laughs> if I don't go get something because they know they have to do that. It's an insurance issue. There has to be a paper trail yes. so that the insurance will cover yes. it. I can't She's just roll in. She's not just trying to do be mean. She's, I'm Well, no, and you're never rolling into the mammogram center going, I am dying to get one of please these. Please, let me, me in. Up. It's my yeah. second one this year. I would love it for no reason. I'm addicted. Can I, I know you've seen me four times, <laughs> but... My strange addiction with Anne and Denise. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was somebody that no. that? Have you seen that show where there's someone eating like couch foam? Oh, Have you seen like pulling that? their hair out and they're yes. eating it? It is. I cannot. I can't watch it. It's so awful. I can't watch it. It's like the hoarder show. I can't watch that either. I watch the hoarder show and go, uh, 
uh-oh, I kind of do that. No, you do there, not. You can get to your refrigerator. Like, no, there's different levels of hoarder. No, I, I'm, I, well, this is a whole other podcast because I've thought about this because I have a hoarding situation here. Yeah. And We've it's part talked of my, about it. Yes, yeah. it's part of my New Year's resolution that I'm going to clean out these extra yeah. rooms mm. that, and get purge myself of things that I haven't needed and used in a long time. Just in case I need them, okay, I'm not going to need them. Mm-hmm. And if I need them, I'll go back and buy it or I'll rent it. Right. But I do. We I, all have a little bit of hoarders in us, but they're not going to make a show about us. No, because no one cares about the, the white lady in Orange County who has too much <laughs> Christmas spode. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is we were talking about um, New Year's resolutions and yep. we're talking about things that are happening. And one of the things that one of my intentions that I, you know, put out to the world when mm-hmm. we talked last week was that I wanted to make sure that um, I was intentional mm-hmm. and that I was trying to be present. And one thing that I've started doing is we talked about taking notes and I started this little journal because I kind of want to write a book someday. Mm. But then I realized it's probably more like a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a trifold pamphlet. Oh, sure. <laughs> kind of like the Scientologist's handout. Yeah, it might be like you're going to go door to door like the Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not. And, and again, it is probably not my journal. But I started thinking about it after we were talking. And it's somewhat of what I would think is my legacy, if that is makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I started doing this a long time ago. I started writing down things. And, and let me preface by saying this, that I have a really good friend. You know her. Um, she's a mutual friend of yours, but a very good friend of mine. I call her my life doula. <laughs> she is a life doula. Everyone needs a life doula. Yeah. I think I'm a life doula to somebody, Mindy. Yeah. So, I'm not sure. Yeah. No. She's I, called yeah. me her life doula just mm-hmm. because I call Kim my life doula. <laughs> and, um, but Kim is my life doula. If I'm really struggling, she is that one voice of reason mm-hmm. because I can call her and she is so well-rounded and she's so normal and she's so calming that it kind of talks me off that place. Yes. And we always are talking and, and she'll call me and, and over the years we've complained about you know, the things that we all complain about or that we're concerned about. And she knows that I have her back and she knows that I keep secrets and I don't share what she tells me with any, and I know she doesn't do that for me. And one of the things that drives us both crazy is that our kids would never listen to us. Sure. I mean, listen, everyone listening out there who has kids know that if you tell your kids something, they literally, it's like, whoop, it just went in one ear out the other. Mm -hmm. If another person tells them, the exact same thing. They're mm. like, hey. Did you know? Mrs. Owens told me. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, yes. blah, blah, blah. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's like an epiphany for them. Yeah. And I've been saying it their whole life. Yep. And so we were comparing notes. And she always says that her and her friends want to make a t-shirt that says, I know stuff. I know stuff. Okay. I know stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because she'll tell her kids something and they literally blow her off and they go and do the exact opposite. Yeah. So... That whole idea that it takes a village sure. is the truth because we have to help each other parent each other's kids. Mm-hmm. and But that's what kind of sparked this. And it reminded me that I had started a little... A list? List. Okay. It's a list of things I know. Things Denise knows. As you go through different phases, all of us, as you're in your 20s, things that matter to you then don't necessarily even interest me now. Oh my gosh. When I was 20... 
I found a list of the mm. things of the things that I wanted to do Could when I was make in a college. Podcast out of it. It's so dumb <laughs> that I didn't even want to reread it. I literally found it just this last year in 2021, and one of the things on the list was to go parachuting. I'm like, as if. I told you, we should do that. Mm-mm. I asked you if you would ever do that. And what did I say? No. Hard pass. You wanted to at one point? Yeah, when I was 20. I'm, but my point is that <laughs> this is how your life changes. How you're changing your, the subject on me right now. No, how your priorities change. True. You know, so what you thought would be important when you're 20, which was important at 20, what you thought would always be important in your life is now something you look back on and go, Ab- no. You know, we talked about journal keeping. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, we both said that having others read your journal isn't what we want them to do. Because one of the reasons I say that now is because I did keep a journal when I was like 12 to 15. Ugh. It wasn't consistent, but I read it. I, I found it a couple years ago in a in a like a cedar chest it was so lame what was it there was was a passage (laughs) there was there was parts because when i was younger i was this beach person like i've always been a beach person i love the beach you know if they say warm or cold i'm a warm always warm always warm yeah always like the beach and one of the things i wanted to do is go to the beach and my mom wouldn't drive me and it's so weird because we only live like 10 miles from the beach. It's literally, yes. But my mom, and back in the day, I don't know, like I would take my kids anywhere. I drove everywhere. I was the carpool queen. I mean, I drove my kids to junior lifeguards every day during the summer. Yeah, that wasn't, that All was... the way to Salt Creek, which is like oh, 30 miles away Salt from here. Creek. And we had a carpool, but I would do whatever. Back then, my mom, no. It wasn't did, just your mom. It wasn't just- It was just, all moms. No, I know. In it's that so, era. It's so weird. Nope. Somebody can pick you up, then you can go, you know. Take the bus. Well, my mom, I I, I came up with that solution. I'm going to take the bus. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, good for my you. My parents wouldn't let me. Why? Because it was dangerous? They thought it was dangerous. And the... the oh. Um, oh, now the, I'm mad. Well, and inside there, I'm writing things like, can you believe that my parents wouldn't let me take the bus? Like, everybody on that bus is really cute and has big boobs and is so cute. Like I'm writing this down like what? no one's going to attack me because I'm so scrawny and ugly. That's what, what I that's that's what I thought. <laughs> Maybe your parents were I got aside with your parents now. I mean that <laughs> No, I'm telling you, I was scrawny and ugly. No one's going to attack me. That's what that I, was your thinking. But that was my thinking and, yeah. and that's where it really is, Aww. you know. It was it's pretty funny to go back and look, but... Little 13-year-old Denise. Oh, I was like 14 or 15 years old, and I went out, and I used to take the bus, and the bus would take me two hours to get down to Newport Beach. Yes, because they stop everywhere. You would have been better off you'd hitchhiking. Go, you'd literally go into downtown Santa Ana oh. to go wrap, wrap around, to go... Like, you go to the worst part of the uh, of Orange County yeah. to get to the best part of Orange County, and yeah, there's a lot of in-between. Wouldn't you think your mom would just drive you? No. No, she wouldn't. I, I have story after story, especially my older brothers who were like, I remember my brother was, he, well, he couldn't drive. So he must have been 15 and was doing his final dive to be certified as a paddy diver. And my mother wouldn't drive him down to, out to Seal Beach. How long was that? Far away was that? We were in Fullerton. So Fullerton to Seal Beach. 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It's not as though there wasn't planning ahead. He'd been going to scuba lessons for like months. You know, it was like a six-week course or something like that. And this was the final, this is how you get certified. Our next-door neighbor took him. It's unbelievable to me. (laughs) It's 
just parenting in the 70s was it obnoxious. Is, it's just different. Parenting in back in the day, I don't know what it was. It was almost like they refused mm-hmm. to do the right thing or they refused to be involved in whatsoever. And if it right. put them out, I mean, now gas is $5 a gallon. It was only like 25 cents a gallon back then. <laughs> and they weren't even working. The no, moms weren't no, even working. That's the thing. It's a, such a mystery. It's a mystery. As to what It happened. must be a baby boomer thing. I don't know what it is. No, it is. It's like we we saw how our parents did that, what you're ex- describing right now, and and pledged, promised in our smallest little insect brains. To not be anything It like just that. wouldn't happen that way. Right. And I think that's an entire generation of people because I, I worked, as did you. Right. Two jobs. And I still was like, I was driving those kids everywhere. Every because we also realize that by driving them, you're spending time, quality time with right. them where they can't escape. Right. You're hearing all the dirt. When you've got five little boys in the car. They you're there and you're yeah. just driving along because yeah. they think you're the taxi cab driver. She's not but listening. She's not listening. She doesn't care what we're saying. And we actually care and we're actually listening. Yeah. And now we're going to tell the network. <laughs> network. The podcast network. No, the, the mom network. That <laughs> oh, the mom knows everything. Network. So yep. awesome. So I have a list of things I've learned over the years. Is it life about life's about relationships? Yes. Number one, ding, number ding, ding. Number one, Didi's number one thing. Yep. Life is about relationship. And again, I've said it before, but I'm gonna, I don't think you can say it too many times because until you get that in your head mm-hmm. and you really start living by it, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. So there's three relationships that I think are important. The one you have with yourself is first and foremost, the most important one. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't like yourself, or you can't stand being with yourself, mm-hmm. or you can't stand looking in the mirror. Right. Ooh. Just self-loathing. And we already know people like that. Yeah, we do. You can tell by how they interact with you or others if they have a good relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. The other one is the one you have with your family. Correct. And, you that's know. That's not an easy one. No, and your family might not live anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. You got to really reach and try. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult. Can be. And some families are very difficult yeah and probably the reason they're difficult is because no one's built those relationships with one another or their relationships are damaged or they're damaged yep. or there's trauma or whatever yep number three is the relationship you have with a higher power for me it's god and jesus christ mm-hmm. but it might be buddha it could be the earth whatever the absolutely yes whatever it is mm-hmm. and that for me those three things are the most important okay i love it and i, love I agree it. with you completely point well, number you. two <laughs> well number two i'm just going to skip to something that is a good segue for being in life's about relationships the three relationships because okay. mind body and spirit mm. is the most important thing in your in your life and mm-hmm. that is that's my number two which is balance um is the key to balance wait balance is the key to balance yes Tell me more. I can see your hamster wheel moving. It's moving. There's some smoke coming out of my ears. So balance is the key to balance. Meaning if you want to have balance in your life, you have to be balanced. And that sounds like a redundancy, but think about it. Mm -hmm. If I want to do a self-evaluation on myself and just kind of check in with who I am, Mm -hmm. especially, and I would suggest everyone check in with yourself almost every day. And ask what? What am I checking in about? How do I feel today? Okay. I don't feel great. Right. All I had was chocolate and Diet Coke. Exactly. Did I exercise? No. No. Yeah. Did I eat right? No. No. Oh, I see what you're saying. 
So Ooh, go through. Go I can do, see <laughs> the light bulb just went off. The clarity is happening. So go do, just go, okay. Do I a self-evaluation. I didn't do good today on my eating. Or or it's, I don't do or it every day. Whatever. But a lot of times something will hit me and I'll be like, gosh, I just don't feel great. Or I just don't, I'm not happy right now. Right. And I'll realize, shoot, I haven't read my scriptures in a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't read some poetry. Mm. I mean, I love poetry. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that'll just give me a pickup. Right. I haven't served anybody. Right. I haven't read a good book. Uh. I haven't stimulated my mind in a way that it needs to be stimulated. Do you ever, in your car or the oh, shower? No. I don't know if I'm going to answer this truthfully <laughs> you, or not. Do you ever get into pretend arguments with people that you, you're like, I'm already on edge with this person anyway. It's usually a family member. Mm-hmm. And, I know who yours is right now. Well, you're just making up scenarios that are, that are, truthful but haven't actually happened but because you're so in the in the pattern you know what you say is going to be this and their reaction is going to be this so you already know sort of the beginning of the of the situation and so then you sort of do you ever do that you just sort of play it out in your mind and then you get out of the car you you arrive at your mammogram and you're so angry <laughs> because you've is had that this- why you had no compassion for the boxer death <laughs> <laughs> I had so much compassion for that dead dog. I can't tell you. I I just feel like I have to stop myself from doing that because it actually changes my mood. Sure. The the benefit is though that I always win the, ar- the well, argument. Yeah. yeah, you probably do that because you're probably fantasizing because you know the person that you're going to argue with or the person that you're going to try to... You I'm going to show them that they're, they're wrong. You're going to show the clarity of your thinking yes. to this person and you already know that that's never going to work with that person. Right. That's why I'm having the argument. Am I the only one who does that? I only do it when there's going to be a time. I I definitely role play and I definitely think about that kind of stuff if there's conflict. Oh, interesting. Okay. You just validated my whole... I think it's good. It's called car conflict. Oh, okay. I like it. (laughs) I just named it. It's a thing. It's a thing. (laughs) thing. So so balance is the key to balance, Mm -hmm. mind, body, and spirit. No, I... I, Feed those things. And you were just talking about something which really segues really well back into something, which is communication is the key. Mm. And all of those things that we... Those three things, life's about relationships, family, self, and um, God, Mm -hmm. uh, higher power, Mm -hmm. then mixed with balance, mind, body, and spirit... You were just talking about the communication part of it. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I started talking about those things, what did you do? You went right to your relationships mm-hmm. with somebody that you struggle with having good com- good communication with. Right. Mm-hmm. I think when I say communication is the key, usually when I find that I have an issue with somebody, well, first of all, I'm an over-communicator. I would say... of the time when there's a major problem in a relationship, it's because people didn't communicate. Okay. Would you agree? Probably. I mean, the specific situations that I'm thinking about are just people's general behavior and probably low-key mental illness. Well, let me just ask you this. The people you're thinking about, are they good communicators? They think they are. But here's, here's where it becomes a little murky. I don't like what they're trying to communicate to me. Right. This is all family stuff. Right. That's the thing is that if this was a relation, if these were relationships that I was having with people outside of my family, I would never be friends with a, some with someone that causes me that much angst. Right. The also the issue is they cause you that much angst because they can. There's a line from Moonstruck. Thank you, Cher. 
um, they they drive you crazy because they know they can. Right. Well, that goes back to the family relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. The family of origin or the family that you come from, we all tend to get into that same groove that we started with. Right. So if you're the youngest child in your family, your mom and dad, your brothers all know who you are based on how they lived with you at the time. Right. You were the little sister who got everything and mom and dad loved her. (laughs) Am I getting close? Well, I think I've been really lucky with my siblings. I know the point that you're trying to make because I see it. I see people. it in other people's families. Totally. I, I think we, I got lucky with my brothers. They're super respectful to me, and we have a very kind of balanced relationship as adults. But I see that with other families where their adult children are like in their 20s and early 30s, and you're like, oh my gosh, you guys have to get past this. They won't. No, they because can't. Because they can't. Okay. So we've gone life's about relationships. Um, communication is the key. Mm-hmm. Um Balance is the key to balance, mind, yeah. body, and spirit. Right. And the second one, or the fourth or fifth one, I'm not even sure where I'm at. <laughs> I think you're on four. I think I'm on four. Mm-hmm. Don't borrow worry. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Now, I, I had to, when I started making an inventory of all of the things that I've, I'm doing this in air quotes, learned, um, I say that loosely because don't borrow worry is something I still work on on a daily. Sure. Because I'm I tend to worry about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to overthink. Mm-hmm. I tend to want to plan. And yeah. sometimes in the planning, you think of the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And that worst case scenario sometimes then makes you worried. Sure, because it's the worst case scenario. scenario. That's why it, That's why it's named that. And I tend, as my family would say, they think I'm pretty negative. A lot of my family think I'm negative. I always like to think I'm a realist. Mm. There's a big difference. Yeah. Um. But my kids will always go, oh, yeah, mama was always going to that place. Like, you have a mole on your arm, and I'm like, it could be cancer. <laughs> the mole. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I mean, that's just what I do, you know. <laughs> I wish you could have seen the look on Denise's face. It was it was such a mom. That's cancer. That's it. Go get it checked. <laughs> it probably could be stage two. It's been there a long time, and it looks like it's changing shape. Okay. We're going to have to cut it that off. That cough isn't sounding good. You better go get your lungs checked. It sounds like you have pneumonia. I mean, just, I don't know. It's in, it's just embedded in me as a mother. I just can't help it. Now, some people don't care. I feel right. like I really care. You might you might care too much. <laughs> I might borrow worry. Yeah, because you're borrowing worry. Okay. Um, this is a fun one. Oh, a fun one. And it's something I've probably added in the last four or five years to okay. the things that I've known. That's it. And it is um, take the road less traveled. Literally in life? Metaphorically speaking, someone who takes the road less traveled is acting independently. Um, they're feeling, um, they're freeing themselves from conformity. They're doing things that is not the ordinary thing. And I added it to it again because I want to think of myself more as a free spirit. I'm stepping outside what everyone is telling me I have to do. Uh-huh. And a lot of people are not happy about other people doing that. And yet our society has been saying that for a lot of other things. Yeah. We're okay in a lot of other ways for we're, we're actually applauding people for being themselves mm-hmm. unless so, <laughs> unless it doesn't conform with everybody else's idea of what you should be doing right and so i just think take the road less traveled 
I had to just as small bit of trivia that has nothing to do with anything. I had to memorize and recite A Road Less Traveled by Robert Frost for my senior thesis when I was in college. Wow. I chose The Road Less, tra- less Traveled and that has made all the difference. That's well, the that final was line. the part that I was going to say, oh. which is that's the part. It made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't seem like it because you're trudging down the road less traveled and there's weeds, there's lots of rocks because there's been no one on it. So it's real difficult. It's it. I you get it. You don't know it. how to maneuver it. You don't because you not don't, very many people do it. You don't have a map really to go by. I mean, it's a, I'm, I you know don't have other of, people's experiences. Right. We're belaboring the point, but it's such a beautiful metaphor that once you get, once you've finished and gotten to the end of that road, it was so challenging and you can look back and go, yeah, but I, but I did it. And but you it, did it. That's what makes it, that's what makes the road less traveled such a good such a good way to go i think it does i mean and again i have to remind myself so that life can be more interesting listen by being a small business owner you've already done it you're already on that road entrepreneurial spirit is definitely the road less traveled much of the time it's so much easier to go work for a large corporation and that would be a good life this is I, I mean, there's you, a lot of unsurety there. You ch- you chose a road that is yes rife with with weeds. But I but I wanted down. I wanted to say that because we have talked to other people on our podcast who have taken the road less traveled, and this goes to the next thing that yes. I've learned. Tell us, which is it's never too late. To never too late to what anything. Okay, you know I just watched the movie Being the Ricardos. <laughs> About Lucy and Ricky Ricardo oh, with Nicole being Kidman. The Ricardos. It's called Being the Ricardos. It's oh. on Netflix, I think. And Nicole Kidman is Lucille Ball, and Javier Bardem is Ricky Ricardo. Really? He should win all the awards. Really? He nailed it so hard. It is such, his performance is so great. Having said that, Lucille Ball was 40 when she started the I Love Lucy show. Really? She wasn't young. No, and I, I, I think of that a lot of times as you know, because now we're in our fifties, and it's like, well, now what? I've pretty much done everything. No, I haven't done everything I'm going to do. I've, in fact, everything that I've been doing is now over. So I have to start doing something else. Right. I mean, I think it's such a disservice for us to put parameters on age and even experience, yep. or what everybody else is also doing in our circle of friends mm-hmm. or at church or wherever yeah even a hobby absolutely it sounds dumb but three years ago just a year before covid i started taking pottery classes i know and it was uh, i don't know i'm not very good i don't I care think you're good no i'm you're just a nice friend i i think you're good because you're trying something different and i can't do it well, I might be able to if I tried it, but I never have tried it. And I just thought it was awesome that you were doing it. That's the thing is I was just like, you know what? I've always wanted to sit at the wheel. I never had the opportunity to do it. I couldn't afford to take the, movie the class. Ghost? It, I think the movie Ghost has had prevented me <laughs> from going. I'm like, Demi Moore, stop. I no. like that part. Did you? Oh, I loved it. No. I liked it. It kind of grossed me out. I didn't like that movie at all because Patrick Swayze and his whole ditto thing. Just tell her you love her, you lunatic. Well, anyway, that's beside. We digress. This is movie news with Anne and Denise. Um, <laughs> really just with Anne because I didn't remember that I, even happened. Absolutely. All I could remember, it was so sad and they were in love. And No. 
Anyway, yeah. So your point is well taken. It is never too late. And in fact, I would even add to that, the older you get, the more likely you are to deal with things with less fear. I agree. When you're younger, you're like, oh, what are people going to think? Or, oh, I'm going to fail. Now at 53, I'm like, okay. Who cares? It's never too late. It's never too late. My husband has a degree in accounting. He was going to be a CPA because someone that he was very uh, fond of, an adult that he admired very much was a CPA. And he's like, this is the way to go. Oh, man. I mean, if you know my husband, it, chained to a desk, just cracking numbers all day. No, I can't imagine. He, I can't even. I, when you told me he was a CPA or or a, an accounting, accounting. guy, mm-hmm. it just didn't fit. No, and he knew it didn't fit. And as soon as he got out of college, he was like, bye, and just started doing other things that took him. I, the The accounting was key to what he does now but at the same time it was like absolutely not and that's i think that's what you're saying is just like don't get yourself so pigeonholed that it's okay i have to but go down this road but he had to road. go through that to know it's almost like you have to do the one thing that you're not sure about or you do it because you think you 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 should do it and then you find out you don't like it and so you go to something else but you had to do that mm-hmm. you had to walk that road you well, had to travel that road so that you knew that there's nothing I don't have to think about it now. I know for a fact that I'm not going to be a CPA. I think that's the thing that people don't understand when they're younger is that they're going to try something new and the outcome is going to be that I love it. No, it's not. You're going to try something new and you might find out that you hate it or just it's not part of your personality. It just doesn't work for you. That's great. That's not a wasted experience. And I think a lot of people in younger generations are like, I just wasted all my time on this thing to find out that I hated it. No, no, you didn't. You found out that that wasn't for you. That that to me is a success. Exactly. That goes back to relationships. How many times have we heard people going, I stuck it out because I'd already given four years of my rela- <laughs> of, of, of my time to this one relationship. And I thought, well, geez, I've just wasted four years. I'm going to try to make it work. Mm-mm. Like no. cut it off. Like let's just get rid of that. Like you just got to go and you've got to go for it. And not let yourself go to that place no you don't have to stay with something because that's the expert you can everybody has the right to change their mind but when you're when you're a young adult or you're living with your parents and they're helping you out how many parents are like nope you're gonna do that my dad wanted me to be a cpa so hard i can't could you imagine i cannot get my head around that i can't either i can't balance my checkbook i mean like i literally like oh it's not for lack of smarts it's your personality i have no desire i'd rather poke a needle in my eye (laughs) than deal with that i mean about it literally it is just like painful i don't care that you go to a tall tower and wear a suit to work right you can take out the freaking trash oh if you live in my house you're gonna Listen, I remember we're big hockey fans mm-hmm. and we had season tickets to the Ducks. So we had we have season we've had season tickets to the Ducks off and on, but we had inaugural season tickets early on and one of the main players that they acquired was Paul Korea. Oh, I love Paul Korea. Paul Korea <laughs> oh is like I was in love with Paul Korea. I mean, as far as just his talent and so excited for him. He's this young mm. aspiring phenomenon right and I remember him telling a story about when I believe it was when he was getting recruited by the Ducks or by other hockey teams and I could have this whole story wrong but coaches were coming to his home to have dinner and he's sitting with the coaches and his mom tells him to get up and take out the trash and pick up the plates off the table wait while the recruiters are at the house yes mom something to that effect always stuck with me because I thought I'm gonna make sure my kids know that 
I don't care who you are or what you're doing. You still can do the stuff that needs to be done. You'll never be big timing it to a point where I'm not going to require you to do X, Y, and Z. Nor should you ever have the attitude that you are. No. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. Yes, we feel privileged if we have someone come clean our house. I can take my car down and get it washed. Yeah. But if I can't, I can do it. Right. I should do it. You have the ability. If yep. you are at a party and there's cleanup to be done, mm-hmm. help people out and do it yourself with them. Somebody else is not going to do it. Do you know people? The party just kind of stuck with me because we have friends who will stay and stay until every last crumb, every chair is put away, everything. And then there are friends yes. at the same party who are just like, They can't hey, wait to get out. And thanks they, for serving us. And they're gone. Those, none of us are above it, people. No, none of you are above it. And if you think you are, please. Reevaluate. Go back to number two or number three. <laughs> reassess balance your balance be balanced (laughs) you're not that good you're not balancing and this one is a quote that i think i've already used on the podcast somewhere but it's from our uncle jack whom i love and it is the harder you work the luckier you get i love that quote uncle jack yeah that's so great now again i don't think uncle jack came up with this no but this has been something that has stuck with me and i've used with people, other children that I've mentored, that I've parented, that I have been around. I have been around people at work and I try to manifest this. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've told this story, I think on the podcast, but I'm going to reiterate it because I think it's worth telling. When we first started in our business, um, you know, we were in business for about five or six years And when you own your own business, there's ups and downs, there's ebbs and flows. But most people just look at a family-owned business or you owning your own business as you're just like, wow, you must have, it's so easy and Mm. you just don't understand how hard it is, right? Mm -mm. And I was bleeding at every pore, literally for (laughs) this, this office and this job and really losing sleep a lot. And I would always have people say, you're just so lucky. Mm -hmm. You're just so lucky. You have a nice house and you guys can afford a lot of stuff. And I I would be like, you have no idea how much blood, sweat, and tears went into this. Right. And so I was telling him, I was telling Uncle Jack that people always say how lucky we are. And he goes, please, here's what you do. Next time somebody says that to you, you tell them, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, it was like a light bulb moment for me. It was right. an Oprah's aha moment mm-hmm. because... It gave me the perspective. First of all, I appreciated it from him because he was right. He was right. But it also gave me the idea that if I just put the time in and maybe I haven't been working hard enough to keep myself out of some of these predicaments that were causing me so much stress. Mm-hmm. And when I had to reevaluate that, even when I was writing it today, working hard doesn't mean that you're sweating or that you're never going to sleep at night mm-hmm. and that you're you know, stress out all the time and that you never stop thinking about work. Mm -hmm. What it really meant to me and what I've learned is that sometimes working smarter Mm -hmm. is working harder. Right. So the harder you work, the luckier you get. For me, gave me some strength. It gave me some hope. It gave me some kind of backing behind me. Like nothing's going, I'm not going to fail right now because if things start getting hard or they don't look positive or I'm not doing well, I'm just going to put more more 
effort into it Mm -hmm. and I can make it happen. And I truly believe that if you work hard, you will reap benefits from that. Right. I agree. And a lot of people, and we talked about this, I think the podcast we talked about it was on people go back to work. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which is showing up is half of it. Yeah. Or 90% of it. Right. So work hard. Okay. So um, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And this is my last one. And this is number nine. Number nine. And we've talked about this on the podcast as well. What is it? Hope is not a plan. Oh, Anderson Cooper. My muse. We love Anderson Cooper. (sighs) Yeah. Hope is not a plan. Um, There's so many things we could say about that. Uh, Lots of good examples about, I'm I'm hoping something will happen that doesn't work that's not how it works and thinking of it but about it doesn't make it so no you actually have to put in the the work for it and then the harder you work the luckier you get you can't rely on others you shouldn't and we're here to say don't <laughs> trust no one that's mine that's number 10 <laughs> trust no one trust no one wow. <laughs> no 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 that's a good list i like it so so here it is that's what i've known i mean it's not a lot it's nine very the, good things, though. The pea brain here mm-hmm. is working is working overtime just to come up with those things. But that's what I've learned, and that's what I'm leaving with you. I love it. Thanks for joining us. We're Two Average Girls. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We'll see you next time. Two average